Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, you're the drunk character in a horror movie. Prove that you can stay alive. Name one drunk character that survived a horror movie. You must answer correctly or you die. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 214th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we kick off our look at comedic horror films with 2023's The Blackening. I am your inquisitive and murderous host, the Thunderous Wizard. And along with me tonight for this aggressively themed game of trivia are the pod's resident scaredy cat, who once tried to summon Gary Coleman with a Ouija board, Bling Blake. I also smelled the dick. That dick smells wafting everywhere. You can smell it. It's out there. <laughs> we, we've also got the man who voted for Trump twice, Chumpzilla. I'm just saying, I don't agree with everything the man has done, but I think he has some good ideas. All I know is that Beyonce's halftime show at the Super Bowl made me very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, so points for this boner I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, some very awkward feelings. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bale Flops. Uh, the Blackening is available to rent across platforms for $5.99, and I highly suggest you do it. Now Worth let's it. talk beer. Uh, we're going to be drinking uh, Make America Juicy Again from Heretic Brewing. It's a hazy New England IPA with a nearly Captain Cash approved 6.5 ABV. It's hazy, luscious, and full of juicy hops. This beer is brewed with no bittering hop addition, just whirlpool and insane amounts of dry hopping, which results in gentle bittering and a huge juicy hop profile. Of course, I pull all this from their own descriptions, and I will say I like it. I'm not a huge uh, juicy IPA fan, so it is a little fruit forward for me, but I would give it two bad movies. I'm bummed I couldn't get it. It sounds delicious, but the uh, the distribution of uh, Heretic is uh, very West Coast centric, unfortunately. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a California brewery. So right on, and I'm with you there, T Dubs. Uh, for the juicy IPAs, I mean, I like some of the fruitier ones that have like a strong orange juice flavor. Like they're all right. Um, others though, I, I can't get into them. It's kind of weird. This one has um, a nicer balance than some others that I've had, but still two, yeah. two bad movies. Um, oh, fair enough. See, that sounds like it's right up my alley. I'm drinking, uh, juice force voodoo ranger. You'd again, probably love it. Yeah. Which we all love, or yeah. I mean, yeah. at least we've had several times and, and I love those beers. So I, I'm sure I would love it. I'm, I'm bummed. I couldn't get my hands on it. And I and, will say this, Juice Force is probably like the limit for me because it does taste like boozy Hawaiian punch, but it's not offensively sweet. 
but there oh, is that's the that's the fruit fruit force, force. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i've got Those one of the juice yeah. forces juice little... forces the orange can orange can yeah the orange can uh-huh. yeah that's a better that's a better balance yeah i agree the fruit I will force say, is really pushing it for me i, prefer, I love it but it's much it's a lot yeah. i prefer my juicy ipas to have a cool yay flavor to them so because it makes you go yay uh Wow. And obviously we paired this together because one of the funnier quotes from the trailer of the film is when is when the uh, guy says he voted for Trump twice to prove to prove he's not the blackest of the group. It, that was a, a pretty funny scene. Uh, yeah. And we're going to get to our favorite uh, gags or jokes or scenes from the movie uh, when we get to lingering questions. So we'll hold there. But the blackening was directed by Tim Story of Barbershop fame. And mid two thousands, Fantastic Four infamy. Yeah, Billy, same guy. Same guy. He, he also he both of them. Yeah, he wow. also directed Taxi, which may be the most offensive thing he's ever done. Ooh, that's the Jimmy Fallon Queen Latifah movie, right? Yes. Uh, but honestly, Ooh. Tim Story's had a very good career. Like, if you look back, he's done a lot of TV work. He's done a lot of film work. Obviously, the Barbershop movies are good. Uh, was hey. probably never a great fit for a $150 million comic book movie as displayed by this movie. Like this is kind of his sweet spot, I think, which is. Well, he crushed this. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. And those fantastic four movies made plenty of money. Oh, they did. They just they weren't, weren't very good. They weren't are great, they, but. Are these the, the Jessica Alba, Chris yes, Evans? These yeah. are Jessica Alba ones. Yeah. yeah I the mean, ones they're not. That, they're not awful they're watchable i mean they're they're, they're, better than some of the other fantastic four movies we've seen well yeah that's like one other one yeah come on fan four stick we don't we don't talk about some people would prefer to be flogged (laughs) than to watch fan four stick square yeah i mean honestly the i've watched the uh, first uh, of his fantastic four movies not that long ago and it's actually decent. It's rewatchable. Second one, not so much. This, the way they handle Galactus as a fart cloud and the Silver Surfer. It's bad. That's, it's that just, it, yeah. It's, yeah, it doesn't really hold up. Like You watch it again, you're like, no, it just gets worse every time. But the first one, that was a fun movie. It, it was a very uh, 2000s superhero movie. Yeah, uh, very much. I remember so. liking that a lot. Yeah, so It was fun. The Blackening, and here's the thing about this movie. The cast is very young, so I recognize some people... For the majority, I don't. And I think they're all very talented people and have a very bright future. So I'm kind of grasping at straws for these references. <laughs> but it stars. Because <laughs> it's fair. Because like you, I mean, I recognized uh, Jay Farrow going into this. Of course, yeah. And yeah. otherwise, nobody. Well, Deidre and... Bader. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I watched the Drew Carey show. We know but, I like sitcoms. Uh... But yeah, everybody else, I I didn't know it all. They're all very and, young uh, and they're they're in shows. Uh, and oh my god, they're talented! But it's yeah, a great cast. Uh, so it stars Grace Empire Byers, and I didn't watch Empire as Allison. You've got Jermaine Superior Donuts Fowler as Clifton. I chose that just because uh, Judge, <laughs> uh, the dude from Taxi, is the co-star of that short-lived Sorry. sitcom. <laughs> I I thought your I didn't watch Empire joke was in reference to the I didn't watch Friends, but joke oh no but i which was great was so well done it's so good yeah uh you've got melvin manboy greg as king apparently he was in uh snowfall on fx which i've heard is really good and i just haven't watched it mm. you've got x american auto mayo as shanika 
who aka my favorite character in the movie Dwayne new saved by the bell Perkins as Dwayne also one of my favorite characters in the movie and he also co-wrote the movie no no kidding uh Antoinette dear white people Robertson as Lisa never seen the show the movie was fantastic and you've got Sinqua white men can't jump walls as Namdi uh. so I for obvious reasons did not watch the remake of white man can't jump because you can't uh. remake a perfect movie I mean, uh, you say that, and yet the CBS version of True Lies Jesus. was flawless. Oh, no. Flawless, Jesus, don't do oh, it. Was no. flawless. Yeah. You know, it's going to be flawless. The ass kicking. I'm going to hand down to you the next time I see you. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You got no chance with your weak wrists. So that's a fair point. <laughs> uh, so you've got Jay SNL Farrow as Sean, Yvonne Insecure Orgy as Morgan, and Diedrich. Breast exams, dude. Bader as Ranger White. Watch your court up here, man. Yeah. <laughs> so the Blackening was released in June of this year. It was well liked by critics and audiences. Eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, with audiences eighty-seven with critics. Uh, that did not translate to box office success. It grossed just seventeen point seven million on a budget of five million. We're going to discuss whether those numbers surprise us later. It actually premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in 2022, uh, which is where I assume Lionsgate bought it. And it is based on an acclaimed sketch of the same name. More on that later as well. For now, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? Bling bling. Every slasher movie ever with comedy. And you're not totally sure who the next one to die might be actually be yeah true uh chumzilla what do you think a24 reboots the scary movie franchise produced by jordan peele oh no that's not fair at all i i mean i think that's kind of perfect because this is how you spoof a stupid horror movie trope you don't take every trope you take one that is way overused and you make a very funny movie about it I agree yeah. with I agree with what, what you just said, but but lumping it into the scary movie franchise and all of that crap, I think is grossly unfair. Um, I mean, this is just a big spoof on mainly saw throwing a little of Friday the thirteenth. There's a lot of scream going on here. Yeah, it's and a scream, lot of scream, the, the meta, yeah. the meta, the There's, meta part yeah. of it, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's very much Saw and, you know, Jason. Well, I'll, I'll 100% give you that. But the, yeah. the thing I, the, the the qualms I have with with the scary movie thing is that that's just so over the top, campy and terrible where, Hold on. well, this wasn't a terrifying ah, movie. I'm not saying, don't take this the wrong way. Okay, Dr. okay. Uh, maybe I'm just but this much movie into- takes several like breaks to just sort of not really break the fourth wall but like lean into it a little bit and just the movie just stops to give commentary on itself and or like what's going on like the movie, right, that's well it's a which much is fine more... i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying but no. this movie is definitely in the spoof realm of things it is it, not a hardcore horror film it, not it's definitely all. winking at the audience very oh, yeah. clearly but it's more yeah. so and, good, and it's in, great it's good i'm not saying it's a bad thing in my opinion it's much more so cultural commentary and trope commentary yeah. than it is yeah. like hey let's just throw 
shit at the wall and see what sticks. Like this movie has things Agreed. to say that are totally relevant. And unless you're a hypersensitive dildo, you would never be offended by them because they're very funny and yeah. they're also very true. You know, yeah, what? I think I think maybe I knee jerked a little just because I don't like scary movie. And well, yeah, I think those, those and and those ilk of spoofs. I think spoofs have become repugnant to the point where they're not even trying. At least the original scary movie was trying. Yeah, um, I think Agreed. I can answer or at least address some of your concerns here, Boying. I will say one of the best things about this movie um, that I noticed was that it does have a little of that Blazing Saddles DNA. Yes. The biting social commentary that's built into the jokes and the humor. Like when people say, oh, you could never make Blazing Saddles today. I'm like, ah, fuck off. Of course you this, can. Like, this movie is a perfect example. Yeah. You can. And They, and they dropped a few N-bombs in this bad boy. I guess when you talk about like favorite scenes, and this, is, this isn't a spoiler because I'm going to try not to spoil the movie, but at the very end, Instead of calling the cops, they call the fire department and they all get wiped away by the fire hose. (laughs) Yes. And it's just like, it's very funny, but also like very, yes, like they're right to be distrusting for obvious reasons. And then they hit you with a joke regardless because there's still this group of people sitting at this remote house owned by white people. And yeah, it's it's a mid credit scene. Yeah. And it's that, very that was the most naked gun gag of the movie yeah. too yeah. and i'm glad they saved it for the mid-credit scene like yeah. i thought that was good like that that was the right place for it well yeah. and i think it's also important for our younger uh, audience members all two or three of you mostly in michigan i think uh the, there is quite the history of uh african-americans being hit with fire hoses <laughs> Well, there's that's, also that. That joke worked on two the, levels. That joke worked did. on two levels. The darker uh, part of that joke. For, yeah. yeah, for the older yeah. audience, you're like, oh, oh my. Yeah, Much Which darker part good. of that joke, but still uh, biting. Yeah. Uh, so the actual IMDb description is seven friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Well, they're street smarts. That's IMDb, geez. Uh, and knowledge of <laughs> horror movies help them stay alive. Probably not. So that is the movie, and I, I guess we're going to get into the plot. And essentially, yes, these seven, actually eight friends, go to this ca- remote cabin, and they begin to play this exceptionally racist board game Ooh. that is sort of like a saw trap, and it is testing them. And should they get questions wrong, they will die. Now, I'd like you guys to see this movie. Now, we can discuss scenes we loved about the movie, and we're going to do that. But if I reveal who the killer is, that kind of ruins the fun of the movie. Also, don't go to IMDb because there's about three facts about this movie, and one of them is who the killer is. Or is oh, no. who is spoil the, it. Is yeah, the mastermind. Thanks, yeah. So stay off IMDb. Watch the movie. Like it's very funny. It's a group of people, and it's just written so well. It's Um, all about their interactions playing this ridiculous game and all their answers to the questions are funny. The scenarios they find themselves in are very funny because the way they interact. Yep. This reminds me very much of a Kevin Smith movie with all the dialogue. It's a very dialogue heavy movie. Lots of talking and interactions and that's like the bulk of the humor. It's not like not a lot of sight gags like you said, Bling. 
Very not, few. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of over the top, like physical comedy or even gore for that matter. Thank it's, goodness. It's a lot. A lot of it is just the, the dialogue and interactions between the characters. And it's very fast paced. Um, you know, lots of jokes, uh, joke dense movie. Uh, very, very Clerks 2 like, I would say. This movie is an hour two. and 36 minutes. And if you're expecting gore, forget it. You're not going to get a lot of gore. If you're if you're worried about being scared, yeah, there's tension, but this isn't a scary film. This is, is much like, more so about like you want all these people to survive because they're all great. Even uh, when I thought there was going to be a jump scare, like we were in a situation where there was going to be a jump scare. Yeah, it, there wasn't. There was there was there was there like one like or a, two tops, maybe. I, and right? they were like, like mild. They're more like reveals. Like, oh, he is standing there. Yeah, it's not like and, it's not like a quick cut. Yes, like there's of horns yeah, the, and, music or and the biggest cue. jump scares. I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. The the biggest jump scares were kind of gags, uh, where where it wasn't actually a scary thing. So yeah. I, I I don't know. Like we talked about this before on the pod. Like I I'm not a huge horror genre fan. And I thought this movie was a ton of fun. I really yeah, liked it. I think what it does well is it does create an atmosphere of tension. They do a lot of cool things with shadows passing by or you know somebody is watching. But it knows what it's doing. It knows what it actually yeah. is supposed to be, which is actually this very funny film po- pointing or poking fun at the absurdity of 70s, 80s, and 90s horror movies, which is where... If you watched one, you expected the black character to die first. And so when they're all black, who dies first? And the movie gets that. That's the premise. That was the skit. It's not going to go, hey, now we're going to like really ratchet up and torture these poor people. Nah. I mean, it does build the stakes, but it's not like in a torture porn way. And and to your point about the lack of jump scares and whatnot, Blake, I mean, this this movie does subvert some of the horror movie tropes in like entertaining ways. Like that was, it's, it's, it's a very smart movie in that, in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Cause there's a moment late in the film where it's like, Oh, of course. And it's like, Oh, not. Nope. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Don't trust them. But I, I digress. So yeah, let's just give it our beer ratings and then we're going to get into like our favorite scenes and, and all that stuff. So blink Blake, how many beers do you think are required to watch the blackening? So as we, we mentioned earlier, it's, it's super fast paced. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So for me, it's straight up three enjoyment beers, uh, no pain beers required. I really, really enjoyed this movie. And, and sometimes a, I don't really love horror movies, and B, sometimes these like horror spoofs are just too much for me to handle, and I didn't feel that way at all. Three enjoyment beers all day, loved it. I'm I'm a fan. Okay, now before I go to Chumpsell, I should say, I guess this wouldn't be spoilers, but this is more than just eight people in a house, right? You've got uh, Dwayne, who's best friends with Lisa who's now dating the Namdi, her boyfriend from college, who has cheated on her in the past. 
and Dwayne doesn't know that and he's her gay best friend and he's not going to be happy about that. You've got Shanika who's kind of a drunk but a lot of fun. You've got King who used to be sort of a wild card now he's settled down in life. You've got Clifton who's a nerd who doesn't really fit in with the group. So all the, there are personalities here that mm-hmm. I think the movie's as we said is just much more about the people. And yes, in, inherently they're all sort of horror movie tropes in their own right but none of them are wasted as they would be in a general horror movie as in they're just fodder they're all there to have their moment to be incredible and to be very funny and very charming yeah that's i I think that was one of the things that i almost i I don't want to say i didn't like about the movie but i was like there's nobody that i want to die i like all of the characters, even and the ones yeah, who were supposed to be bad in college, seem to be decent human beings. Ten well, years now, they're on. Like, like adults, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 all these things, I just, I loved the characters. I thought it was so yeah. much fun. Uh, and that's the that's is... the yeah, that's the thing about horror movies is generally you're not supposed to care about the characters, right? Yeah, like that in itself is stupid. turning it on its head because you you watch a horror movie like say um, Friday the 13th part six to see how Jason is going to murder people. Yeah. You're kind of, you're kind of rooting for the killer. And I never was in this. No, no, you don't want to, because these are actual people. Like they're not just total caricatures. Like you feel like I could really enjoy hanging out with them. Yeah. So even though I wouldn't want to, like I would get invited to the barbecue, but I wouldn't go because I wouldn't want to put myself and yeah. ruin the situation. You wouldn't want else. to make everybody else, yeah, be talking about why you're there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I think that is a really good point that the movie does go out of its way to not only make the characters, you know, three dimensional and give them personalities, and and that definitely is developed throughout the movie through their interactions, and personal growth is a theme in the movie explicitly. But you know, and, and again, it subverts your uh, horror slasher tropes the characters like stop in the movie and strategize to say, Hey, hold on. Let's, let's make a good decision here. Like, and it's, it's like even like beyond meta, it's like, they're just being smart. They're like, Hey, hold on. Let's formulate a plan. It's not even a joke at that point. They're just being smart. And that's like, yeah. yeah, And that's, and that's how they survive. Um, And my only knock on this movie and I'm always one that harps on the building of stakes. And this movie sort of does that. It does build tension. It does get more tense towards the end. But the lack of deaths in the movie, I won't get any more specific than that because I don't want to give anything away because you should see this movie and it is relatively new. Um, there's just not a lot of murders. So uh, it kind of, I don't know, it, I, I get it. I understand why the movie did what it did, but it kind of, I don't know, it's sort of anticlimactic and not in a good way. But that being said, it's three fun beers all, all the way. Like you said, Blake, it is three fun beers. This is a crisp 96 minutes. It's a fun watch. It's a good movie. Uh, I definitely would recommend seeing it. It's uh, and just to be clear, so A, you're gonna you are gonna murder three beers despite the lack of total uh body count in this somebody's movie. Somebody's gotta do it. I I still get confused on our beer ratings. It's like it is the best. Is the best rating really three fun beers? Is it, or should it be no, six I think, fun beers? I think anything it's relative f- fun beers. It's relative based upon time. Yeah. Okay. 
fine. Yeah. So at 90 minutes, I think yeah. three upon beers is the perfect pace. I mean, and honestly, I'll say this too, though, as, as smart as this movie is, I don't think it's the kind of movie where if you have like four or five beers while you watch it, you're going to miss anything. No, and, and you like, wouldn't oh, be bummed out about it either because it's, yeah. a, it's oh, a party movie, right? Like, yeah, that's it. And maybe that's another knock on the movie is like, there's really nothing to go back. There's, there's not a lot of rewatch value for it. I mean, I, oh, I don't I, know about that. There's I would rewatch this I would love, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just meant from like a Easter egg or like... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, aside not... from like catching tropes they poke fun at or... There were a few jokes. things... I'm sorry. There, there were a few things that I went back to see that like... I was like, oh, those were the clues they gave us. And uh, to, to like kind of to, to give us the answers to the, the show or the movie. And so that part was fun to kind of go back. Did, I, I didn't watch did it you, twice, but did, I rewinded okay. and now just went. hold on. Um, I bet you don't know this one, Blake. Okay. Sorry. I'm just going to call you out there. But I bet T Dubs does. Um, did you get the basic? It's basically a, uh, uh, oh, what's the, uh, uh, you know, the James Bond guy is the detective uh, movie uh, that everybody loves. Not Glass Onion, the first one. Oh, oh knives, knives Out. out. Yeah, Knives, knives out. out. Did you get? Did you did you get the Knives Out? Uh, you know, spoof, whatever joke. With the sweater? No, not the sweater. There's another one. Oh, I don't it's, think it's, so. It, it's a movie yeah. thing. It's kind of an inside business thing. Clearly, gives away who the killer is early on. All right. Oh, yeah, I'll, it, I'll, it I'll, does do that. Yeah. I've got and, it for 24 and, and, more hours. I'll watch it again. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I just just put this way. It is a corporate thing. And it's very obvious if you go back and watch Knives Out again. Okay. Um, and it came out industry-wise afterwards, like, hey, FYI, it spoils the movie. Um, and this one pokes fun at that very oh. clearly, very early on. Too much, too much. Too okay. Much. okay. Well, because I got have, it. You might have done it. I, yeah. I, I thought that was great because the movie beats you over the head with it. And you're like, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah and it, it's also the point where I, I don't think the movie really cares if you know or not. It's just well, about it's, like, hey, it does. Fun. It does do a good job with a couple of fake outs, which I yeah. do appreciate. Uh, so. I would also say three fun beers. What I really love is, and I mentioned it, is it is it sometimes it plays with tropes and there's this uh, uh, sort of gasp moment where one of the characters is like, we should split up and everyone's like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, that's so, good. They're like, don't say it. Don't say yeah, it. Don't oh, say I knew it, he was going to say so, it. Uh, it. It's just a lot of fun. And I, I can't recommend this one highly enough. And I wanted to see it in theaters and I didn't get a chance to. So when this month came around, I was like, oh, we definitely got to do this movie. So, yeah, yeah three fun beers. Uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we've got some lingering questions about the blackening. Welcome back to our 214th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are talking the blackening. Now, number one. Are you surprised how modestly this movie did, Chumpsilla? Kind of, because I know summer is not an unusual release window for a slasher movie, but um, I feel like this would probably have fared better in a fall release with a little, you know, Halloween hype behind it. Uh, it only made what fifteen million. 17. million? Seventeen, and this 17? came out the same weekend as the Flash, but they wanted to release it on. 
June 19th. June 19th. Yeah. The premise I, of the movie is yeah. all these friends gathering for this Juneteenth party. But honestly, aside from a couple of visual cues early in the film and like a toast to freedom, the movie's not super Juneteenth central. So like, I'm not really sure how much that helps. Um, but I am shocked it didn't make like $50 million. This seems like it should be a $50, $60 million movie to me that's like a modest success. Um, that seems really low. $17 million seems really low. That's so I'm fair. kind of shocked. Uh, Blink Blake, what do you think? The budget was low on it. There are not a lot of big names. I remember zero marketing for this movie in June. So while I'm surprised that it didn't do better, I don't think tripling its budget was terrible. Certainly um, not terrible. No, like this. Right. Like, in the long run, this is going to make people money. Uh, and it's it's a thousand percent a future cult classic. We we could be doing this this movie in three or four years, talking about what a great cult classic it is. It's not instantly forgettable. Uh, people will love this movie. People will Agreed. love these characters. Uh, I think every actor and actress in this movie is going to have success. Boy, I hope so. The, the performances here were great, and I hope we see more of almost everybody in this movie. Uh, I think I've probably seen enough Diedrich Bader, but and I well, love I mean, the guy. But I, but I, I follow him on Instagram. I also Twitter. love Diedrich Bader. I love Diedrich. I do. But he's also say. had a lot of success. Like yeah. we're talking about the young people, not yeah. the people yeah. who people, were in a think, sitcom uh, in 1995. Right. I I I think uh, they're going to have some careers, and this should be a great jumping off point. But yeah. I'm surprised it didn't do better. Yeah. But I'm okay, not surprised so, that it didn't do amazing. Shubsilla, before I get to you, let me just run through some horror comedy box office totals. So obviously Ghostbusters, huge. Scary Movie, 157 domestic. Scary Movie 3, 110 domestic. Scary Movie 4, 90 domestic. Goosebumps, 80 Dark Shadows, 79. I saw Dark Shadows in theaters. This is a thousand times better. I don't give a shit about Johnny Depp giving you a bump. People should have seen this over Dark Shadows. That movie is horrific. Zombieland, mm. 75. I, I enjoy that movie. Boo, a Medea Halloween, 73. Boo, two, a Medea Halloween, 47. Here's the kicker. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. A Vampire in Brooklyn made more than this. Oh no! All all of those <laughs> movies benefited from both star power and marketing, neither of which this movie got. You know, right, you know, it yeah. didn't benefit from star power. Cabin in the Woods, and this is where I feel this movie should have wound up forty two point seven. That's wow. where I feel this movie should have been forty two point yeah. seven. This is yes. very Cabin in the Woods, no, yeah, but better. I think it's a better movie, and I like is, Cabin in the Woods a lot too. So, is yeah, Cabin I, in the Woods funny? Yeah, because kind of. it's it's definitely poking fun at horror movie tropes. And I never just, watched it. It paints you got to see it. It paints them yeah. in a very end of the world. Like this has to happen, other world will end. It's um. Oh it's, right, that's the yeah. one. I know that's yeah. right. It's you got to sacrifice somebody thing. You is have it, to kill stupid teenagers, or the world will end. And the yeah. pothead is the one guy who's like aware of everything. So it it, it does it in its own way. Yeah. Oh, so I might actually like that movie as far as horror movies go. 
it's it's got a sci-fi angle to it you know very um, much yeah yeah a little hp lovecraftian kind of deal so here's the thing about the this movie and it's lack of star power which i don't think really hurts it as a film i think it hurts it from a marketing standpoint but it's definitely not an issue for the film itself i don't think i need to see a sequel to this but i oh no yeah 100 not no but i would definitely like to see like these actors do another ensemble movie together yes like i think i would like to see what these people do in a different setting because their chemistry was great i think they played off each other well like if they had like a some sort of spiritual sequel in another genre i'd be down for it 100 i'd watch the same characters in a totally different genre i like i really liked all these characters yeah number two so we kind of dance around the plot, but this is these friends meeting up for a Juneteenth party, which we just sort of alluded to at this remote cabin. And they are invited to play this game with high stakes. And it's asking them trivia questions, mostly related to black culture. And if they get them wrong, they will die. Now, if we're all stuck in a house with a bizarre board game asking us to answer horror theme trivia, who dies first? And I think the answer is very obvious. <laughs> Uh, I don't know there, T-Dubs. I mean, I would volunteer myself because oh. I hate following the rules. Well, you are a cheater. So, that is true. And, yeah, and I think I think that would uh, that would do me in. I think Blake's I, lack of uh, horror movie knowledge would not come into play. My, my, my inability to stay between the lines would probably get me. No, for example, first. like, for example, right? The board game asks, who's the whitest? The, white, the whitest person has to die. Okay, who has a mustache right now? Oh, yeah, you're dead. I'm dead. <laughs> you're so like, dead. And I don't even mean like a fashionable like pencil mustache. No, who yeah, showed us their toy before we started Wait. the podcast? I've, Wait. Got, I've got the over-the-lip NASCAR mustache going yeah. on right now. I, I'm sorry. In, in your world, the John Waters pencil mustache <laughs> is the fashionable mustache? It's it's less white trash, Yes. I don't know. You've Is got it? the you've got the Sam Elliott thing going. You kind of look do. like Mr. <laughs> Mr. Brad this, Garrett. This Brad. Is, you look fantastic this, right now. This Wade is trimmed Garrett. up. This is, yeah. Uh this is trimmed up. It was much, much shaggier uh, a day ago. Can I just point out that Bling Blake is in a Texas shirt. I feel he's the whitest. He he also has a man bun at times. So yeah. I feel like Ooh, that, that's so that might be stiff competition for my upper lip caterpillar. Also, I have, he, he I knows, have a hipster vibe going on. He knows nothing of horror movies. Like the first question, he's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so uh playing, I voted for myself. Okay, fair. Okay, let's let's just test it right here. Who is the killer in the first Friday the 13th movie? Oh, oh. The, Jason's mom. Okay. Oh, see, good. see, no, yeah. he might make it. See, yeah, I had, okay, I, I had, I had USA Cable when I in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, so we're good. What's Jason's uh, last name? Voorhees. Okay. On, okay. Okay. Wait. I, I, have, I have a working man's knowledge. I'm just not. Uh, <laughs> we you know, I'm not win trivia night. Which of the Critter sequels stars Leonardo DiCaprio? DiCaprio? <sighs> Three. It does. See, yeah. it is yeah. see, 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 you're not as bad as you it. think. You might survive. Actually, you know what? If Captain Cash was here, he's both the whitest and probably the mm. least knowledgeable about horror movies. Certainly, the least knowledgeable about Friends. Uh, no, uh, well, I, I have, I have never seen a full episode of Friends. I, I got to tell you, not that really. was the hardest Friends question they could have possibly asked. It was because a, that, that was is tough, the 
whitest television show of all time. And I did not know Aunt Any of number them. one was in that show. I yep. knew Gabrielle Union. I knew Aisha Tyler. I would have gotten two out of five. Never would have gotten Daryl from The Office. Yeah. No, oh, what no way. Craig, Tyler? never, never. And I love Craig Robinson. And I love Friends. Or at least Mrs. Bling loves Friends. And I have to watch Friends a oh, lot. And I never would have gotten Friends is like, the best. So. It's a great show. But seriously, though. I should a little dated Tyler. in its uh, gender norms, uh, yeah. opinions. But... Uh, Still love Friends. I have opinions about Friends. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But Aisha Tyler, though, she did Talk Soup. She did Archer. She's around. She does I, like. Stuff. I always thought she was great. I like. I, I loved know. her on Talk Soup. God, I love Aisha Tyler. She's like yeah. a big, cool nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like she's Better. like six. Yeah. She's six foot. Are, and I mean, like and, big nerd is in like she's like she's really. Nerdy. Oh yeah, but yeah. she's also let's like not get into this. But tall. Archer is one of the best shows. Yeah, ever. Made. Also Archer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But holy but shit, friends. I would have died on the Friends question. And I've seen every episode of that show. And I have no recollection of Craig Robinson being on Friends. Uh, that like The thing about Friends, in my opinion, is why that show was so universally beloved is because all the male characters on that show were idiots. And the female That's, characters were the yeah. smart ones. And that was like, also, the driving thing. Jennifer so, Aniston like, is a smoke show. And, uh, and Tom Selleck was okay. on it for a uh, while. And- uh, now, you look now, like him now, so T Dubs is now the widest guy on the pod because anybody that gets that thirsty for Jennifer Aniston, that is just caucasity to the maximum. Should, should I not find Jennifer Aniston? You can just go ahead and get out. Tell me that Jennifer Aniston and Horrible Boss isn't an absolute smoke show. Wonder Bread. No, I, you could say Courtney Cox is Wonder Bread Hot, but not not Jennifer Aniston. She's you stay just away from Rachel Green. Classically hot. Stay away from her. Ross and Rachel, the love story of my lifetime. Uh, so, anyways, uh, number three, favorite gag, kill, or joke of the movie. I'm just gonna say it's definitely when they're debating who's who's the blackest and they throw Clifton under the bus, which is when he reveals he voted for Trump twice and he got very uncomfortable watching Beyonce's Super Bowl performance and a handful of other things. <laughs> I it was it's it's very funny. <laughs> Also, um, I I love when they're hide they're all hiding in the vent. And they had just <laughs> ditched Dwayne. Yeah. It's like you left me to die, and they're all and then they're all hiding in the vent, which again is really poking fun of how absurd it is for any one person to be sitting in a vent. And there's three of them. There's now. three of them. Yeah, and they don't even bother with the logistics. It just cuts to now they're all in the vent. <laughs> Plenty of room. Plenty, Plenty of room. room. Yeah, uh, I think for me, aside from like all the obvious stuff. Uh, because the movie is very funny and very joke dense. I liked all the cop stuff with Dietrich Bader's character. When like, they're like Sheriff a park White ranger carries a gun. Ranger White. <laughs> yeah, it's ranger, ranger White. Carries a gun. <laughs> it's like that's... White, white to base. White yeah. to base. Yeah. And like the way they like drop their guns and act all nice. I think then, his like, name they... tag says B White. <laughs> B White. <laughs> like it was that was that was some pretty good like I mean, you know, even dark, his like brief like humor. he gets like cool with them when he's like, you know, I wouldn't come to the barbecue though. Because that would take, like, I would get all the attention in the wrong ways. And then immediately he says something to offend them. It's like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, you were cool like a minute ago. Yeah, that's, that's too much, buddy. You can't, you can't yeah. just jump to that. For me, the one that I, for whatever reason, paid attention to, I think one because of my limited uh, horror slash movie knowledge, but one that stuck out to me 
was how many times people said, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I kept expecting them to die immediately. Yeah. Uh, and they almost never did. And that was that's a very scream thing 100 yeah. right that's yeah. uh uh what's his face uh uh seth green right like i'll be right I'll be back. seth yeah. green is not in scream who's the one that does that <laughs> it is our friend matthew, matthew lillard. lillard yeah no is lillard does that line yeah yes. lillard does that yeah really okay yeah uh, seth green's in idle hands with devin sawa all right totally different film <laughs> totally different film totally different thing anyway the the point is that i i I, I noticed that and it was several times it happened a lot uh everybody said i'll i'll be right back and i was like oh they're gonna die now and then they and then maybe they did maybe they didn't no well, spoilers I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because our next question is about tropes and horror movies and the black character dying first was a ridiculously overused trope throughout the 70s 80s and even into the 90s until even scream 2 pokes a lot of fun at it um i mean hold on can i just stop you right here t-dubs can you give us like three examples of that well because i struggle i know that's like a, a thing but i'm like i was like what movies are they talking about because that just I, it just doesn't I, like uh it was definitely a mind. lot of films in the in the 70s and late 60s uh, okay but it was a thing and i do have a trivia question about when it first happened and how it became a thing yeah well i, I also think that it's also one of the better parts of just using the the death of the the only black character for significant narrative purposes the night of the living dead is the one that me it's like that's like but that's not an example of this trope no like but they they i mean i think that could almost be seen as like poking fun at racism in general but that's um, that's the thing the dark the whole trope is it's not essentially about them dying first it's about it's much more so about them just being characters who are there to die. Yeah. They're the right. Which there yeah. are a litany of them. It's not necessarily, oh, they died first. It's just they're there to die. Yeah. Uh, gotta, gotta, that's gotta. their whole thing. Are you are you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. I've 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 got some for you. Here okay. we go. Hit me with it. Aliens. Frost is the first major character to go. Apocalypse Now, the first member of the boat crew to die, is one of the black guys. Hmm. Uh, in how about uh, in Bumblebee, Edwin Hodges' character, Danny Bell, the leader of the Sector 7 unit, competing with John Cena's battalion in paintball, steps on a trap and almost figuratively dies. Uh, Charlie's Angels, Child's Play, Christine. Yep, yep. In a Christmas story, when Ralphie gets his BB gun and fantasizes about shooting villains, the black guy is the first one to go. Oh, no. Uh, you, you know, Deadpool 2. Uh, I guess those, those guys are Chinese gangsters, so maybe that doesn't quite count. Uh, anyway, I think you can not, That's not no kitchen staff, Hoss. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Charlie Wax. Charlie Wax ain't going out like that. Wax on. Right? Wax uh, off. Hell, in Forrest Gump. The first guy to die is one of the the black guys. Uh, Corporal Eight Ball in Full Metal Jacket. I guess are, these are horror. I movies, mean, are, are we talking about Bubba? You're really, now? you're really pulling some. Uh, you're just like on movie tropes right now, aren't you? I, you know, I I found a list. But uh, uh, yes, it, it was a thing that happened in horror movies yeah, uh, yeah. until uh, the mid '90s ish. 
but anyways, this film obviously pokes fun at that as well as several other tropes. But in horror movies, what trope annoys you the most? Chumzilla, what is the thing in a horror movie where you're just like, geez, no, stop. The dead killer fake out. I okay, that's fair. That. Yeah. I hate and that again. Perfectly it's used all the time. Perfectly made fun of by Scream, because mm-hmm. that was a thing that was in every horror movie. Right? Jason was always dead. Michael Myers was always dead until he's suddenly not dead. Yeah, Bling Blake, Scaredy Cat Bling Blake. <laughs> I get the heebie-jeebies just talking about it because, you know, me. But and, and maybe this is kind of a deep cut. I feel like the arrow through the neck is a bit of an overused trope. I mean, it goes back to like Kevin Bacon in the first uh, Friday the 13th, right? Through the bed, yeah. Through the bed. Everybody in this movie gets killed with an arrow through the neck. A lot of that. Well, here's where I'm going to piggyback on the... The one issue I have with the movie, right, is it's very funny that the killer is seemingly incompetent because, honestly, come on. In most of these movies, it's so profoundly ridiculous that a a mental patient is impossibly strong and cannot be defeated or a, a supernatural kid who drowned in a lake in the late 70s cannot be defeated. And this killer is seemingly an asshole. And so my trope, the thing I hate the most about horror movies, right? They're in the game room in this movie. And this isn't a spoiler. And they can stay in the game room because there's no other way in or out of the game room. Why would you leave? Don't leave. Pick up your weapons and prepare to fight. Defensible also, space, man. I use, love the weapons. Use the they thin bit of, of the Ouija board. You know, use the triangle yeah. bit, you know? like I, I love that somebody is handed a thing of cayenne pepper and it comes back into play in this movie. <laughs> and, um, and a candlestick. And a candlestick. What Ooh, are you, in fucking, fucking clue? Fucking Colonel Mustard? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was so good. And I'd like to, I think the other thing in this movie that doesn't work for me, you know, aside from the lack of murders, was apparently they all had The Shining. Well, that's oh, yeah. like that's a that's, a that's like thing. a that's like a cultural thing, yeah. And I, I mean, I get it, but you're I'm like, able to communicate ah. through through looks, and I get that because I and my fifth question: spades or euchre? Which is the card game you prefer? I played a lot of spades; that was my favorite card game. Mm. Um, and it everything is about like how to subtly tell your partner what who's to do without without telling them what to who's do who's the cheater right? now just just staring well, at them as hard as you can to be yeah. like yeah obviously so, when i raise my eyebrows i mean i have hearts this and time. uh i obviously i don't i don't entirely get that that joke uh but well, i did like when it came back late in the movie and he's it like, did they yeah. use it well uh it's so, just kind of funny because they don't really explain it but then like okay it's a it's, it's a, a joke effectively yeah. but uh so spades or euchre because i was a big spades guy i loved it played it all throughout high school played with my cousins growing up i love spades i wish i could still play it but everyone else i know including my wife's family they play euchre which i like but i just consider it the dumb man spades so spades yeah. or euchre uh, I, and I, I see both. the way you're looking at me, Blink Blake, but let's be honest, it's the dumb person's spades. 
Go first, Chumpy. Uh, I'm going to save this up for a second. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I grew up playing both, honestly. Um, but as I got older, I was a Euchre guy. That's what my friends played and their parents played. So. Definitely the dumb person's face. Yeah. Um, Less cards, Euchre. Uh, also, this it's is way uh, easier. This is Gin Rummy Erasure as well. You don't actually have to bid and get your bid. Like, you just well, have to get play, the you most can, tricks. You can, play, you can play bid or non-bid Euchre. Yeah. But there's two versions. Oh man, I see Blink, but he's like, this is the most hyped he's been since. What about spoons? Since Joe Burrow turned into Mac Jones. Who who played spoons? I played spoons. You guys play spoons? Do you ever Silver play like? Spoons. Do you ever play full contact spoons? <laughs> where you hide the spoons in a different room? No, no. Wow. Oh, Chumpy, <laughs> you you're see another reason why Ohio University rugby is superior to no, Miami rugby all day every day. Do that. When you put the spoons in a different room of the house and you have to run for them, and you have full combat to get to the spoons in a different place. First oh. off, by oh. the time by the time we got to college rugby, we didn't play cards. We were too busy chasing tail. Like we had higher priorities. Yeah, because in Miami, that, you guys no, chase tail. That's not true. We just I, had it. I was playing cards. They were coming to us. <laughs> it, Magic the Gathering doesn't they, count. They were not coming <laughs> to you. We're not right. talking about the raccoons right. in your trash bins. Like, <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> Euchre, all day, every day. It is the superior partner game. Trump is changing. The world is moving. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Euchre is superior to spades in every way possible. It is the much better game, and every true Midwesterner knows it. And the fact that you are from St. Louis and you call yourself a Midwesterner and you like spades more is evident that you don't belong here in Middle America. Keep your ass over in the West, in the desert, where you belong. Euchre is the best. Let me ask you a question. Before we go to our second break, you ever gone blind nil in Euchre, not able to trade cards, you just go blind nil to gut feeling. That takes some stones, my friend, and that's why spades is the superior game. You don't have any spades. Blind nil. Mm. I pick them up, I throw them down. Are Are we shooting the moon? What are we doing? We're doing a lot of things here. But I'm going to revoke Blink Blake's white card. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it's revoked. He's a racial eunuch. Yeah. So Blink Blake, white card revoked. He's now just part of the Man Bun Society. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got the Jim Crow Monopoly trivia challenge. (laughs) I'm going to get my fedora and come back here and beat you motherfuckers. It's a trillbilly. And welcome back to our the blackening episode of Hops and Box Office of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we're on to the Jim Crow Monopoly trivia challenge. So tonight, gentlemen, we've got a standard five question multiple choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for the actual the blackening board game. Oh, oh, oh I no. don't want that in my house. Not no. sure if you want to play that, but some mm. of us are adrenaline junkies and we don't mind dodging a crossbow or two, so you never know. Okay. I'm more worried about dodging a subpoena. Yeah. <laughs> Your chime-ins tonight will be that's some good ass wig glue, which was also 
just incredible. Uh, or Coulier, or I mean, he did vote for Trump. Or any of the pod standards. Also, you could just say Jim Crow Monopoly, which was my favorite line in the movie. So good. <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, are we ready? I guess. Jim Crow Monopoly. Okay. Ah. So, as I mentioned, this movie is based on a sketch by this comedy group. Is it A, Three-Peat? Is it B, The Skechersons? Is it C, Three Dead Trolls? in a baggie or is it d the mighty boosh uh kuye chumzilla i believe it's b the skechersons it is not the skechersons that is incorrect that's some good ass wig glue bling blake let's go with a it is three pete they're actually a chicago-based comedy group and they have a show on comedy central and you can actually watch this skit on comedy central's youtube channel and from what i gathered they're a group of black comedians who were in other sketch comedy groups and were tired of just being the token diversity person and so they started their own group and this skit they did caught fire and had a movie made of it so good for them that checks like every box along the way right yeah, yeah. and so all these are actual sketch comedy groups and the Mighty Boosh I only included because they did that skit Old Greg. Old Greg, yeah, I love that. But that's so, a bunch of white British dudes. Yeah, so I had to include it. But these are real sketch comedy groups. So are any of the three Pete members in the movie or no? That I don't I don't think so, no. Unless, I mean, maybe Dwayne du- who co-wrote it and... Uh, the other co-writer also did some screenwriting. I think they just bought the idea. I I don't think they're in it, but I didn't do. Yeah, I didn't do that. Well, why don't you do some real research and put yeah. it in the comments? Well, yeah, I'll figure that out. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you for for finally doing your job for a yeah. change. Uh, so speaking of the original YouTube skit, here's number two. How many YouTube views did that skit, or has that skit gotten to date? Is it A, 460,000? Is it B, 560,000? Is it C, 660,000? Or is it D, 760,000? I'm going to shoot! Bling blank. C, 660,000. That is correct. And guess what the first comment reads? I want a two-hour movie of this. Oh. I think that's just the top comment, because obviously... (laughs) I'm I'm honestly blown away. I when you started with uh, hundreds of thousands, I, I thought, thought it'd be you in the were millions. way low. I, I figured it'd be in the millions. Yeah, I thought it'd be in the millions. Uh, but good for the good for them. I mean, this is really cool. I I, I guess the right people saw it. Also, the original skit is very funny as well. Yeah. So, but six hundred and sixty thousand is all. Like, a lot of the reviews that were negative commented on like, oh, this, the, this is a concept that just works for a skit. I mean, you could say that about any Saturday Night Live skit, wow. too. And, and let's be honest, there's been a lot of bad SNL movies. We did a whole month yes, on them. Yeah. But I think this movie worked perfectly as a hour and 30 minute movie from a five minute skit. So I, mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was great. All right. Number three. Uh, it's 
two to nothing, bling bling. So X Mayo, who played Shanika, who put that shit on ice, she gets the <laughs> the the cheap like dude. She's the best character. She's so bar none. Put that shit on ice. I love her. She gets like the peach <laughs> like white Zinfandel. Yeah, no, it's 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 a uh, peach something Moscato. Okay, yeah, it's so that good. is. Some wrap snacks. Yeah. Oh, wrap snacks. They're so salty. Wrap snacks <laughs> and peach Moscato. Mm. By the Girl, way, peach lavender did, Moscato. When they yeah. did the wrap snacks, it was like literally I'd watch this 10 hours after I heard that they caught the guy who killed Tupac. That's <laughs> like wrap snacks. I wish Guys, those were a real thing. I, I could really I, celebrate right now. They finally caught this motherfucker. Wait, wrap snacks are real. Are they? Yeah. I, I've never I seen want... those. I've dude. never seen those, dude. Those I mean, that's a thing. Like they're I've they have never seen in them. The, in the, hey, down in the dirty south, we have rat oh, snacks. Never seen. I, them. I Maybe, want yeah. to bring you to my boy Jerome's bodega in Baltimore that was around the corner from the house. Does Jerome also in, have in a man bun? No, he was from Eritrea <laughs> and he was very classy, but his store sold Moscato as well as blunt wraps and crack pipes and fake weed and he would often lament to me about uh his terrible clientele and i would say to him i feel like i feel like that included you though (laughs) well it was also me no and i'd be like romy you sell fake weed blunt wraps and crack pipes like who do you think you're attracting to your store my friend i mean like we all have to remember your listener (laughs) we have to remember your listener that basically Dr. Bling, he was a character on the wire. Oh my, he could have been. He was fantastic. I, Romy, if you're listening, and I know you're not, but I love you. And the first stop on Paca Street is the one. I'm sorry, the first stop on Utah Street is the place to go when you're in Baltimore. Make sure you make it there. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'll remember that when I'm there for the World Series. Because let's we're go, going. baby. I'll yeah. meet you there. Uh, all right, so X Mayo, uh, who played Shanika, is probably best known for being a longtime writer on this series, having helped pen nearly 400 episodes. Is it A, Jimmy Kimmel Live? Is it B, The Daily Show? Is it C, Saturday Night Live? Or is it D, Conan? The TBS. I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. Conan. Incorrect. Ugh. Mm, I'm going to go, I believe it was A, Jimmy Kimmel. It was The Daily Show. And she has appeared in a few skits as well on The Daily Show. She has penned or helped to pen 399 episodes of The Daily Show. Wow. I was going with uh, uh, the one I said. Conan, because of the SNL connection with Jay Farrow being in the movie, I was hoping Uh, there was something going on there. That That was why I was so confident. Okay, oh so God. it's still two to nothing. You still got a chance here. Uh, Chump Dillon, I expect you to get this one. Number four, defying the trope, all of these actors actually survived the horror movies they starred in, except for, is it A, LL Cool J and Halloween H2O? Is it B, Jada Pinkett Smith and Demon Knight? Is it C, Dwayne Jones in Night of the Living Dead? Or is it D, Dwayne Martin in Scream 2? I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. B. Incorrect. 
She Damn. survives Demon Knight. She becomes the next Demon Hunter. Um, she is part of the trope in Scream 2, which is a joke in this movie, which is great. And it was going to be a bonus question until I actually watched the movie. <laughs> and it messed with like, me, man. Fuck, they said it. I knew she was referenced. I was hoping it was yeah. going to work out for me. Yeah. All right, Chumpzilla, what do you got? Is it ALL Cool J in Halloween H2O? Is it C, Dwayne Jones in Night of the Living Dead? Or is it D, Dwayne Martin in Scream 2? The, the question is, which one of them died? Which one of them died? It's uh, Night of the Living Dead. Correct. You know why? Oh, yeah. He survive. He survives the zombies mm-hmm. only to be shot by the white rescuers, which is part of the potency of that film. It's still an amazing oh, ending. Oh shit! I totally yes. misunderstood the question. I thought it was. I did it first. I did it first. Live. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm right there with you. I, was I made it a trick question because yeah. everyone assumes because that movie is so well regarded for the fact that he's the hero, they forget. He still that dies because he he's is black. killed because he's black by the white rescuers. I that's where I was like, no, no, he definitely dies. That's where I yeah. that was the one the only one I was sure about that and he didn't live. And I I missed it. It's, up. I missed it's still question. talked about to this day that movie, whether that was like intentional, be, is like what was George Romero trying to say? Obviously, it was intentional to make him the hero, but was there a certain like yeah, because political commentary sure. to the fact yeah, that he's no. killed at the end of the movie, which I think there very much is. But, because yeah, all his sure hold, on. Like it. hold on, let's put this to bed right now. That is literally the genesis in the zombie horror genre of the humans are the real monsters. Okay, like that is literally the message there. They survive the onslaught of the mindless zombies, that horror, that danger that challenge that societal ill whatever you want to call it you know and then at the end our own brothers are our worst enemies humanity are the monsters yeah like that's the your, message of the yeah. film there let and, me ask this question real quick then chumpy what came first romero's night of the living dead or richard matheson's i am legend because that's really the same story right yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I think uh, Romero's on the record saying, like, oh, okay, it's basically I Am Legend. Like, that was what we were doing, right? So, hold yeah. on, let me let me look it up real quick. So, I Am Legend is 1954. Okay. So, that definitely precedes. Uh, yeah, Night of Living Dead. Night of Dead, yeah. Okay, yeah. so cool. So, so really, that so that is a, a, a classic uh, trope, right? That, that, humans are 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 the problem yeah and, and, and even the walking dead well, right that's the major premise of the walking it's dead very is... well proven that humans are the <laughs> yeah humans <laughs> are the issue yeah 100%. historically pretty terrible pretty terrible yep. you know? yeah we kind of suck at stays all right so good news it's two to one chumpzilla you have a chance to tie this question is probably the hardest question Ooh. but i was inspired by this movie and so the trope of the black character dying first started in another 1968 film. So a film that came out the same year as Night of the Living Dead. Which one of these films was it? Is it A, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror? Is it B, Spider Baby? Is it C, House of Evil? Or is it D, The Crimson Cult? Oh, farts and tarts. I cannot. Yeah, I cannot go without going with Spider Baby. 
Spider is correct. Baby. It's yes! Spider Baby. Oh, and really? Spider Baby was a Lon Chaney Jr. horror film, and if you know yeah. Lon Chaney Jr., he was the Wolf Man. Lon he was Chaney's son. He yeah, he did all kinds <laughs> of cosmetic stuff. Um, he was one of the pioneers of getting into all sorts of makeup and uh, becoming. I thought that was his dad. Something. Well, him too. They both. Yeah, yeah. but his dad um, was the mummy. In Spider Baby, uh, the black comedian Monson Moreland is slashed to death within the film's first five minutes. Um, he's this messenger who ignores all the warning signs and walks right into being murdered. And that is where the trope began, Was which I'm sure began as like a studio's maneuver to say like, hey, look, we hired a black actor. And then they just killed him in the movie. And that became a thing. And Hollywood is notoriously and, racist. So Yeah, and let's just be honest. The, the clear message there was like, huh, look, we killed a black guy. Funny, right? Like, there's an unspoken, like, major racist undertone there that, like, white people have to pretend like, oh, no, I mean, that's just part of the movie. Like, we would never revel in the death of an African-American individual. It's like, oh, my God. Like, the, you know, the entire black community is, like, rolling their eyes. Like, oh, yeah, of course the black guy gets it first. Which is why we got black exploitation cinema because, you know, yeah, power uh, fantasy. You the, know, the black community got tired of seeing their actors and actresses just be there to be killed or to be cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, to be ridiculed or whatever. And hey, where's where's cinema that? Well, and, and just let's get to? serious here for a second. Before that you didn't even have actual black actors or actresses in these roles. It was blackface. It was minstrel stuff. Like there's this, well, I mean, heavy cultural thing. And then like, Oh, finally you're going to put a black actor in a role without like making him a buffoon and a spoof. And then like, Oh, and then you kill him. Of course. Which which is quite literally illustrated in this film. All right. So we had a tie. You've got, you guys have to split the game. You know what? I don't want that shit in my house. You keep it. And uh, when the feds finally raid your apartment, which they should, uh, it's going to be better for me. So you keep okay, that. Okay, hold on. Let's uh, let's just make a mutual agreement here that we should just burn the game. We should just well, meet halfway between here and uh, Southwest Ohio, somewhere in Tennessee. And I don't know. Let's I don't know if that's this. more or less racist. Honestly, I have no idea. I think we should dispatch of it in the, the Smoky Mountains uh, for it never to be smoked. Listen, I, I don't again. think it sounds like a new how how a new horror movie starts. I don't think you can just get rid of the game until you answer some poignant questions about horror movies, which Blake certainly cannot answer. I, 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 I think I he knows more than well, he I got opinions on. at least. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So true story. True story. Before we get into recommendations, uh-huh. I was watching, I watched this with my wife. She thought it was very funny too. And then I was watching Evil Dead Rise. And oh she, no, I don't want to watch that at all. She woke the, up. The she's like, she's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You do that nightmare. in the bedroom? Yeah, because she was hearing like, you know, oh, the, that's the how nec- you get divorced, man. The you Necronomicon stuff. Uh-uh. No, no, you don't do that. Because I'm like, that's hey, what? I'm like, I'm not watching anything. She's like, you made me watch that scary movie. I'm like, oh, that movie wasn't scary. She's like, well, what are you watching now? I'm like, nothing. A really scary movie. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. No. So, yeah, that that movie, uh, I haven't finished it yet. Pretty. Uh, just pretty just so we're clear, 
uh, listeners, the Thunderous Wizard is not the kind of person you want to invite into your bed because he will put on the scariest of horror movies while you're sleeping so that you, like, even if you don't wake up to them, you just have that in your dreams. Like, that's Okay, a, now... To no, be fair, no, no, no don't not think to be I, fair. I, You're I, unfair. You're an unfair bedmate. And I want to be very clear about that. That is egregious. We were cellmates together, Andy. There will be payback. You don't just do that to your bedmates, put on horror okay, movies while they're uh, sleeping. I don't think any you of suck. our listeners are going to invite me into their bed. So I mean, I mean, if you do, and I'll gladly, you know. We Gladly, can or we can spoon Ooh. and watch wrestling or whatever. Oh, it's fine. But you know, oh, once again, we proved that Mrs. Thunderous doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, she, here she he is does not want to hear about this shit. Here he is inviting uh, any listener that wants you to come into his bed no, to get Ed, woken you know, up by horror movies. You're a, a horrible. Way. You're a horror movie. You're a horror movie of a person. Strictly platonic. Anyways, let's get to our recommendations. Anyways. We'll start with you, Chumpzilla, because Blink Blake can't be trusted. He's, He's a bad sniper. fired up right now. Total pussy. He's never read the Necronomicon. No. He's incapable of Klaatu, doing... Klaatu, Verato, yeah. Nikto. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, now, there's a good movie. I do that, like that one. I do like that one. The Day the Earth Stood Still? I, no, I want... Uh... Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Uh, Army uh, Darkness, I mean. Army Darkness, that was, I like but, that one better. But, but you know where that line comes from, right? I do, I do. Okay, agree. just making sure. Because those are both very good movies. Just give us your recommendation, you mustachioed uh, pirate. Well, you know, um, I finally watched Idle Hands. Finally? Wait, wait 30 years later, you yeah, finally this terrible I, movie with... I watched that! With I, Fulton I, Reed from The Mighty Ducks, <laughs> Seth Green. And like, well, because it was kind of like, I'm like, I just remember being like the Seth Green movie, and like, I didn't know who Devin Sawa was, because I wasn't a little Giants or Casper guy, so like, whatever, but... He's oh, like you famous, didn't like Slackers? He's like famous on Twitter now or some shit, so like, it's like, yeah, fuck it, it's free on Tubi, I'll watch it, and I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. I have to admit, it's a very 90s movie. Uh, when did it come out, though? It was a 90s movie, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was like, like 97, 98. Yeah, 97, yeah. late 90s. I'm like, okay, this is like, this is my jam. I can't believe I never saw this because that fits perfectly in my sensibilities at the time. And some of the dialogue is so cheesy and terrible. It's just like, the again, entire so movie is 90s. and terrible. So, yeah, in a month of doing, like, bad horror comedy, that's definitely my recommendation because it's free on Tubi, and uh, if you're a 90s kid, you'll get it. <laughs> Bolton Reed with the bottle stuck in his head. What happened to you guys? <laughs> and the whole movie's a euphemism for masturbation. Masturbation, <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like, what if Kevin Smith wrote a horror movie? Yeah. That's basically it. Like, All right. Know, 90s <laughs> Kevin Smith. I thought you said that about this movie. Yeah, well, like, it's, again, it's very dialogue oh, and Joe Kevin. Yeah, all right, so, uh, Blink Blake, uh, you told me you didn't have a recommendation, so should I just recommend something for you? No, you know, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been an off week for me, uh, so I will say, I know that Captain Cash has recommended this in the past. Uh, DuckTales. Don't do it. Don't do DuckTales. It is not DuckTales. It is not The Expanse. Uh, I watched The Sea Beast with my kids this week. 
uh, and I really liked it. It's a uh, you know, like it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a kaiju. It is uh, definitely how to train your dragon on the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's how to train your dragon, uh, kaiju. It's fun. I really liked it. They loved it. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen the Sea Beast yet, check that out. Your kids will like it. And I guess I can burn this one now since we're doing uh horror comedy movies for the next month. Uh, and hopefully I'll have some better recommendations moving forward. But one of my favorites will always be Hot Fuzz. I love Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Hot Fuzz will always be one of my favorite uh, slasher horror comedy movies. I like but that's it like bunch. an action comedy. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But there's also, there is the whole like uh, slasher aspect to there it. There is an air of mystery to it, yeah. I mean, and there's some pretty gruesome kills. For a guy that doesn't like, if I could gore. bash your head in, I bet all kinds of secrets would come tumbling out. Right? I mean, come on, you get a James Bond in that thing. It's, I've never, I've never seen good. it, so I, I should watch. Are that. you fucking kidding me? Wait, what? No, I've seen uh, Shaun of the Dead a couple times, which is fantastic. Also, yeah, which is the that's entire a good trilogy. And I'm going to recommend that come next on, week. What, what's what's the, what's the, the last end. one? The world's the end. world's end. The, the Coronado trilogy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Cornetto, Cornetto, trilogy. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and and World's End is the the weakest of the three. Is it? But it's mm. still good. It's is still that, good. Is that the uh, one where uh, where uh, Rihanna slaps uh, Michael Sarah? What? No, no, totally different. No, that's the that's, that's just this the, is end. the end. This is the end. Yeah, this at is the world's the, the, the world's no, end. no. God damn it! This off. is the end. Uh, is that the, is that the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie? All right, <sighs> shut up. Nope. Just shut up. Shut up. <laughs> just go watch the stupid movie that I said and space hot fuzz. Space. You'll like I heard, it. I heard it's space fantastic. is good. Okay, so now I actually have recommendations. Uh, one, listeners, a Mortal Kombat fiend. Mortal Kombat 1 ruled. Kicks ass. You want to play me? Hit Monkey 07 on Bro. Xbox Series X. Bro, come come and kick my ass. I'm not good. I'm okay. I'm not great. Because I'm getting old. But I love it. I love it. Uh, Havoc's my, my character. But because we're doing a uh, you know comedy horror month, I watched this movie called Little Evil on Netflix. It stars uh, pre-problematic and uh, pro-trucker convoy Evangeline Lilly and Adam Scott and our boy Clancy Brown, who we all love, amongst several other funny people. Also, Chris D'Elia is in it and oh, also no. pre-problematic Chris D'Elia yeah. uh, because it was 2017. But Essentially, it's a riff on The Omen, where Adam Scott marries into this family and the kid is the Antichrist. So it's a lot of jokes about that. And it's very funny. Uh, it was a Netflix film. It was directed by the same guy that did Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is also fantastic. So if you haven't seen that, you should also watch that. But uh, Little Evil, free on Netflix, like same length as this movie. And it is very funny. I, uh, who else is in it? Oh, uh, Do um, Donald Faison's in it. Um, a few very other funny people. So I think you'll enjoy it. 
And that is also one of the most overused horror tropes is the evil child or the possessed child or whatever. So it's great. Um, in any event, uh, those are our recommendations. And uh, remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, who dodged us tonight because he is essentially Ranger White. Can no, he's a- because he's a effing scumbag. Yeah. And a narc. Yeah, Ananarch can yeah. be found at C A P T C A S H or at your local sheriff's department, narking you out narking. on most social media. Yeah. Uh, Chumpsilla can be found at Chumpsilla 8 on Twitter. McCheese, who died, the only guy to die playing the blackening. Please yeah. send out an APB yeah. and a search he, party. He cannot be found anywhere besides your local lake. So, yeah. And Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media or me on Xbox to collect your ass whooping in Mortal Kombat or share ideas for future episodes. In the end, (laughs) listeners, remember one thing. Cheers to having standards and self-respect. We'll see you next week. For our second installment for Hops and Boo ha, 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 Flops, Renfield. Renfield, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs>